Greetings, everybody. This is Adam Piggott on the Pushing Rapper podcast, episode 65. Yes, episode 65. The health episode. This one's going to be about health, medicine, uh, taking care of yourself. And if you look at the 28 traits of the modern man, um, which I did roughly a year and a half ago, I'd say now, um, the trait that most corresponds to this is the first trait, the modern man is moderate. Uh, and that's trait number one. Um, I suppose also uh, the modern man works out. Trait number four. Let's go down the list here. Yeah, those two are the most uh, the most important traits in this regard. Now, the impetus for me talking about this topic was a email that I received this week from a chap who has read my book and my first book, Pushing Rubber Downhill. Liked it very much. And has been reading the blog for about a year, as he says. Uh, I'll just, I won't give any details about who he is or where he is, that sort of thing. This is part of the email that he sent me. I have a client that has just gone on claim after a torturous 12 months coping and working with UC, UC uh, ulcerative colitis. Uh, ulcerative colitis is um, pretty close to irritable bowels, bowel syndrome, probably the, the next worst step along. Uh, this poor bloke who is in his mid-30s facing a bowel removal operation if he doesn't heal. He's been consuming all the Western medicines. He's 10 kilos lighter since. I sent him your book with the pages marked detailing how you dealt with ulcerative colitis. I think there are some great high-level lessons there. I.e. my client is more or less a vegger, which I found interesting given your experiences. Uh, by the way, for those of you who haven't read my first book, uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill. I'll be making little bits of, I'm referring to it a bit. But this is why the book's good, apart from the fact that it's written excellently and is exciting, thrilling, funny and great. It's got lots of high-level lessons in it, as this chap uh, has just said. Continuing. I'm wondering if you've got any advice for my client that Western doctors won't tell him but might make a difference. For example, you mentioned that some supplements prescribed. Did you feel like they were vital and do you still take them? What was the one major change that you made that you feel made all the difference? Uh, he doesn't seem like a stress bunny, but I don't know him all that well. Any advice? Well, thank you very much. I, I replied, and I won't, I won't go to my reply just now. We'll just have a look at... Uh, all right, he's been 12 months coping and working with ultrasonic colitis, and he's in his mid-30s, facing a bowel removal operation if he doesn't heal. Mid-30s, you've only had it for a year. Uh, if you don't heal, we're going to take out your bowel. Uh, that's just so typical of Western medicine as a, as a, as a general thing. Uh, something uh, we're doing isn't working. It's not our fault, it's your fault for not healing. If you don't heal, we're going to rip out your bowel. Which means for the rest of your life you have a package on the side of your hip that you shit into. Just to give you an idea. Not a particularly pleasant way to live, I'd say. Uh, the other typical Western uh, medicine... The way, that, the way that Western medicine deals with issues is that... Um, we have a disease, and that's the problem. And the best way to describe this is, let's say you've stressed a, uh, you've hurt a muscle at your gym um, in your neck, and because of the muscle in your neck that you've hurt, um, your shoulder's having to work twice as hard or five times as hard or 10 times as hard to be able to counter the fact that you've hurt this other muscle next to it 
the muscle next to it's not working properly, it's been injured, and you're getting, uh, and your shoulder now has to work 10 times as hard. Where do you think the pain's gonna be here for you after uh, after a few days of this? It's gonna be in your shoulder. Because your shoulder's got all this extra effort on it now to compensate for the fact that muscle around it, which is crucial for them all to work in harmony and sync, isn't working properly. So what are you gonna start massaging? You're gonna start massaging your shoulder. Is your shoulder the problem? Your shoulder's not the problem. The muscle next to it, let's say in your neck. I don't know, I'm not a physiologist. That might not make any sense. It might have to be lowered down, I don't know. But you understand the general point. The shoulder's the symptom. The neck's the problem. We work on the shoulder. So the same thing is with Western medicine. You have a disease. It throws up a symptom. The symptom is the body's way of letting you know that something's wrong. Ah, something's wrong here. You need to have a look at what you're doing. What do we do? We treat the symptom. We treat the symptom with drugs. The drugs bombard the symptom. The symptom goes down. High fives and cocktails. We've had a great day. Yippee-yo-yo. The underlying problem's still there. On top of that, though, now the drugs that you've bombarded the symptom with then tend to have side effects, which produce other problems, which then produce other symptoms. What do we do now? Well, we hit, hit those symptoms with other drugs, and so on and so forth. Americans in particular... Our cousins uh, there across the ocean, the United States of America, uh, are particularly susceptible to this. Um, about 12 years ago, I had a dalliance with an American chick. Uh, didn't last very long because she was fucking crazy. But, and when I'm talking about it didn't last long at all. But in the time that we were together, I was, the first time that she... T- got up in the morning and started taking pills. This was what looked like a healthy, healthy young woman. I was dumbfounded. In fact, her whole issue when she was with me was, did she have enough prescriptions from home to cover her stay? Pill after pill after pill after pill. I'm not talking vitamins here. I'm not talking multivitamins. I'm talking prescription drugs i've never seen anything before like it in my life because i really haven't had anything much to do with americans sepos as we call you um it, it was it was it was stunning to behold I, I just couldn't believe that and for her it was just absolutely it was absolutely no big now she was from california all right uh, but for her, it was just no big deal at all. It was it was like a part of life that you do. You, you take you go to the doctor all the time, and you get drugs all the time. I saw an interesting article this week on uh, the Amish and longevity. Apparently, the AIM, uh, about twenty percent of the Amish there in Pennsylvania have a gene that gives them fifteen uh, percent longer or twenty percent longer in something or other. That, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they're doing a bit of a study on them, and the Amish came in to have their um, blood samples taken, and a lot of these, you know, big strapping twenty-year-old Amish lads were fainting because they'd never had the, a needle in their arm to have their blood taken before. They never go to doctors. I think that's an exceptionally smart way to live your life as regards to modern medicine. Um, Stay as far away from medical practitioners as you possibly can. They are literally glorified drug runners or drug pushers. That's all they are. I think the most glaring example I have of this was about 20 years ago when I walked into a uh, doctor's surgery in Cairns in Australia. I can't remember what the issue I had was. And I hadn't been to a doctor before in the town, so I'd just randomly chosen a doctor out of the phone book and I'd gone and seen him made an appointment walked in older guy his 50s probably maybe early 60s big you know jolly, ha, 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 ha. obviously liked to drink you could just tell had that kind of nose with the blue veins sticking all out of it and you know squished by the alcohol or puffed and enlarged by the alcohol and 
Before I'd even sat down, he had written my name at the top of a prescription, signed the prescription at the bottom, and then said, what do you want? It made a big impact on me, obviously, because I'm recounting that story um, 20 years later. Um, glorified drug drug pushers. That's what they are. Your your health is uh, your body is your vessel that enables you to have uh, experiences in your life. It's the vessel that we use to get through, you know your 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 year journey that you have here. Trait number one, the modern man is moderate, means that the modern man takes care of himself. Look, cancer is basically your body uh, missing some sort of pollution that's got into your body and not breaking it down. Your body is constantly every, every day fighting off bacteria and pollution and all sorts of shit that gets in, breaking down all the, all the crap you put in, all the food that you put in, getting rid of all the toxins and, and the rest of it. The better, better your body is able to do this, the more effective it's able to do this, the healthier it is, the better off you'll be. And the less crap you put in your system, the better off you'll be. It's just like a car, you know. If you put in good fuel and good oil and service it, you know, regularly and take care of it and, uh, and don't exaggerate and scream around corners, you know, at high speeds and drive like a maniac, your car's going to last you a long time. If you never take care of it, drive it like shit, well, it's going to fall to bits. It's not... And the thing is that these days is, is, is so many people don't take care of their car... They don't take care of their body. They drive it like shit. And then as soon as there's a problem, they go straight to a doctor and they want a magic pill. So you got some 40-year-old who rocks up and never done a day's exercise in his life, never worked out, eats shit. Suddenly he's got a health issue. Surprise, surprise. Goes to the doctor and goes, I just want a pill. In a way, maybe it's not fair that I that I label or label doctors as pill pushers because, in the face of this coming in, into your doorstep day after day after day after day, okay, here I've got some fuckwit who's never, never, ever in his whole life taken care of himself, and just now wants a quick fix, you know, pill to take care of the fact that he's never taken care of himself. No responsibility taken. All right, here's your pill, mate. Knock yourself out. So, it's a two-way street. Everything's a two-way street. Personal responsibility. Responsibility for your decisions and your actions. People say stuff like, oh, it's never too late to turn around. Well, yeah, with your body, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is too late. It gets to a point where you're fucked, mate. So this is the sort of thing. By the way, I'm not talking about I eat meat. I eat fish, I smoke cigars, I have an occasional cigarette, I drink alcohol, I drink alcohol every day. But I probably have like two glasses. Good wine, maybe a nice beer occasionally, nice glass of scotch. I can't even remember the last time I was drunk. I mean, seriously, I can't remember the last time I was drunk. It's that long ago. Moderation, the modern man is moderate. Yeah, you can have, you can enjoy all things. And life is about enjoyment. If you're a neurotic vegan fuckwit who's constantly stressing look I've never seen a vegan that wasn't skinny and looking like they were one step away from walking into a concentration camp we're not supposed to be vegetarians boys and girls if you've uh, and this is uh, this is let me let me uh, well let's go through um uh, he's 10 kilos lighter since. So he's been consuming all the Western medicines for a year. He's 10 kilos lighter since. Uh, weight loss is your body's way of saying, you're in trouble. 
Better fix this fast. Better wake up, son. Uh, I sent him your book with the pages marked dealing how you dealt with it. All right, let's, um, let's have a look what I wrote to him. First of all, it was a caveat. I'm not a medical practitioner, so take all this with a grain of salt. I'm not pretending to be a medical practitioner. I'm not interested in diagnosing your problems and fixing them. Look after yourselves. But someone comes to me asking for advice, all right, yeah, okay. Here's what I wrote to him. The key, de key decision I made was to find a doctor that wasn't a moron. This was challenging. So let's speak about morons. The, the fact that you went to university or college doesn't make you smart. <clears throat> in fact, I'd even, I'd even argue these days that uh, it, uh, it, if you're going to a college these days and not studying anything that's specifically within certain branches of STEM, and not, not STEM in general, but certain branches of STEM, and certain courses in particular, then you're dumb. Now, Vox Day's got a acronym that he lives his life with his M-P-A-I. Most people are idiots. <coughs> I like that, but I, I've, I'm, I've changed it slightly. Let me just write it down here. M-P-A-M, M-P-A-M. That's my version. Most people are morons. Because you can be intelligent, but you can be an idiot. Nassim Taleb, Nicholas Taleb, uh, the uh, writer of uh, Anti-Fragile and the Black Swan books, amongst others, calls them intellectual yet idiots. Um, and this is important because if you say that some, most people are idiots, but then you get a doctor and they've had to go to medical school and to get into medical school at this point in time, and I think in a couple of years, if not, if not sooner, um, true intellectual lightweights will be getting into medical school because of quotas and you know if you're a black lesbian uh, transsexual one-legged um, cancer survivor you're in you're at the front of the list sort of stuff you know what i'm saying i think for the moment it's still okay so you, you see you see doctor and someone has had to go to med school and then you know do their two or three years afterwards of of local hospital from midnight till eight in the morning, seven days a week for two years. Your, your automatic assumption is they know what they're talking about. We, we defer, we still defer um, to certain professions. Uh, doctors are at the top of that list. Um, even though accountants are labelled boring, it still surprising, surprises me how many people think accountants are, know what they're doing. This is because people are lazy. They don't want to have to shop around for an accountant. They don't want to have to shop around for a doctor. They don't want to have to shop around for a lawyer. I'll oh, just give me a lawyer. I've got a problem. Just, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they convince themselves that the one they've chosen is right. Well, most people are morons. And you can have a, an IQ of 160 and be a moron. In doctors, the way this manifests itself basically is arrogance and uh, a complete lack of uh, intellectual curiosity. They've gone to med school and they're a doctor and they know it all and you can't tell them shit and they're here to tell you what to do with your body and rah, 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 rah. And I've met quite a lot of them over my time. I met quite a lot of them because every I took 40,000 people whitewater rafting in my 15-year rafting career. 40,000. Four zeros, comma, zero, zero, zero. And at the start of every trip, when I got a new crew of six, I'd sit at the front and go, hey, everyone, my name's Adam, blah, 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 and what's your name? What do you do? Yeah. Took a lot of doctors rafting. Took a lot. The vast majority of them were no better or worse than anyone else I got on my boat. Morons. I know what you're all thinking now. Oh, ha, ha, it's not me. Yeah. If you're straight away thinking you're not a moron, you're probably a moron. If you've uh, got a bit of doubt, and shit, could I be a moron? A uh, bit of introspective here. Then chances are maybe you're not a moron. That you work that one out in your own heads. So my first job was to find a doctor that wasn't a moron. This was tough. This was very tough. I went to half a dozen doctors. Uh, wasn't getting anywhere. 
um, with my ulcerative colitis problem, um, which is detailed in my book, Pushing Rubber Downhill, how the whole process that I went through. So I'm not going to go into detail about it now. If you want detail, buy my book. Eventually, through networking with friends, family, that sort of thing, worked out someone that was good. Every other doctor I've been to, I walk in and they start talking to me. Yep, blah, blah, blah. They look at results, tests, blah, blah, blah. But they never actually, they never actually asked me that many questions or really listened to what I was saying. It was like, okay, yep, here we've got this, blah, blah, blah. I can put this in this box. Boom, 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 right, da, 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 I've got 20 minutes to see you, I've got a waiting room full, and I had, you know, spent five minutes longer at the coffee machine talking to the cute nurse today, I've got to get through this, fine, it was just, it was just, the, the worst one of this was when I had a colonoscopy, for those of you who don't know, colonoscopy is Latin for not a friend, and I uh, I woke up in the, in the hospital, because I went under, obviously, and it was a good hospital, private hospital, expensive hospital, and I woke up and literally on the foot of the bed was a very large box on the bed. I was actually resting close on my feet. I woke up and there's just like, there's a box there. And I was like, all right. I rang the thing for the nurse. The nurse came in. I said, what's this? And she says, oh, those are your drugs. And I'm like, what? Those are your drugs. What drugs? Uh, your drugs. So she's got a piece of paper. She hands it to me. It's just like anabolic steroids. This is back in 1997. And I'm like, what? It's a it was a, a big box of drugs. Could have been like furniture from Ikea. And I said, I want to speak to the doctor. And she said, oh, that's not possible. And I'm like, what? No, no, it's not possible. There's your drugs. You've done your thing. Yes, you've got, you know, colitis. Off you go. I kicked up. I kicked up a big stink. It's all detailed in my book. I kicked up a big stink, and eventually the doctor deigned to talk to me on the phone in the hospital. Huh? Wasn't going to come down and see me. I'm just a. I'm just a. I'm just a. You know, a sleep on a, a sheep on a conveyor belt, as far as they're concerned. Yes, done. Done this. Yes, performed colonoscopy. Yes, blah 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 blah. Okay, drugs next. There you go. Off you go, mate. Got him on the phone. I said, well, what are these drugs? You know, blah, 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 blah. He was, and he was very, very, very pissed off that I'd taken time out of his busy day, that he had to take five minutes to talk to me on the phone. It was, it was infuriating, and I was not happy. But the key moment of the conversation was when I said, I asked how long I'd have to take these drugs. And he kind of, he could tell over the phone that he was quite surprised. It was just like, he said, you don't understand. You've got to take these for the rest of your life. 1997, the internet was not very widespread. And to do a search for something on the internet, you wouldn't be picking up 2 million pages on Google. In 1997, Google didn't even exist as far as I remember. I think Google came out in 2000 or 2001 or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't be bothered looking on Google now to find that out. So maybe you have to use an old search engine, something like uh, Netscape Navigator. Remember that one? Get on there, we put the name of the drug in, and we get three pages of side effects. Osteoporosis, suicidal depression, you know, blah, 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 blah. Apparently I would have had, I would have had big muscles, though. And I was just like... This is not acceptable. I'm not touching these drugs. I'm not taking these drugs. And of course, what would the drugs have done? Alleviated the symptoms that I was having. Would they have fixed the problem? No. Would I have had my bowel out a few years later? <sighs> Based on what I know of Western medicine, highly likely. So I had to find a good doctor. I've been through all these doctors. Eventually I had a colonoscopy. I was had a gut full if I was going to keep doing this shit. So I found this doctor. Walked in. I had an hour appointment with him. He was an Indian doctor. He had two degrees, Western medicine and Eastern medicine. And he said to me that he used the Western medicine for diagnosis. And he said Western medicine diagnosis was, was very, very good, best in the world. But then he used Eastern medicine, uh, as in Indian, Southeast Asian, for treatment. So went in, 
It was a very comfortable uh, room. It wasn't white and antiseptic. There were there were leather armchairs. It was like uh, wood paneling. It was you could have smoked a cigar and had a good glass of scotch. That's the sort of room that it was. He was dressed in a very very nice suit, double breasted if I remember. Very good looking uh, Indian man in his uh, early fifties at that time. Had a very comfortable presence at, about him, but also very authoritative, but not in an arrogant way. He knew his stuff. He just knew it. Put me at ease. Sat down and all we did for an hour was talk. He asked me questions. He wanted to know everything about my lifestyle, what I'd been doing, how I lived, etc., 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 etc. And right there and then, in that hour, he put it all together. Here were the big things. I was a vegetarian and I'd been a vegetarian for two years. And that actually shown up in the colonoscopy because there was a high amount of fibre and roughage down there. I was vegetarian for health reasons. I wasn't a vegetarian for animal rights reasons. I thought it would make me healthier. The ironic thing was it was one of the major contributing factors uh, to me getting the disease in the first place. As he put it, being vegetarian places more stress on your body as your body has to work harder to extract valuable nutrients. People say, oh, well, there's, there's proteins in mushrooms. Sure, there's protein in mushrooms, but how many mushrooms do you have to eat? And how much does your body have to break down to get the same amount of protein and nutrients that you get from a nice fillet steak? This is why, this is why protein and fats have been... Have been uh, been demonized for the last 50 years in in west because the doctors the the sorry the governments in line with the doctors started telling us what to eat because governments always get everything right right they don't fuck up anything they touch as someone once said if the if the if the governments were placed in charge of sand in the sahara desert within within five years there wouldn't be a grain left we put carbohydrates they put carbohydrates as being this great thing but you have to, you if you eat a uh, if you eat a fillet steak and then some green beans, uh, green beans tossed in olive oil and some lemon juice, nicely nicely seasoned there. Um, you're going to feel full. You don't need as much to feel full from protein as you need corresponding from legumes and carbohydrates. So if you're trying to feel get the full feeling with carbohydrates, you've got to eat a whole lot more. Your body has a whole lot more to break down. If you're just eating vegetables. Well, good luck with that. If you're an absolute nutter like a fruitarian who only eats fruit, I lived with a fruitarian. That's in my first book as well. I shared a house with a fruitarian. He literally looked like a um, an Australian prisoner of war at the end of World War Two who'd been taken prisoner by the Japanese. That's what he looked like. Not that bad, but pretty fucking close. You know, the face is all drawn, and you can see the lines from the cheekbones down. There's no, there's no health there. So, being a vegetarian. Uh, places lots of stress on your body. Your body has to work much harder to get the nutrients that, you need, that it needs. So what he did, first thing he said was stop being a vegetarian. And I was fucking fine with that. So I was like, so I could just walk out and eat a Big Mac. And he goes, no, you can't. Because he was also putting me in a gluten-free diet. Now, 20 years ago, a gluten-free diet, I never heard what that meant. There was no gluten-free bread. bread. Trying to find gluten-free pasta or something like that absolutely so it was actually i'd go on the gluten-free diet for about i think it was six weeks or eight weeks um so the gluten-free diet fresh meats fresh fish no tin vegetables no um irritants so coffee is a really really good, good example of an irritant Alcohol is a really good example of an irritant as well, and it's also, it's not gluten-free. You've got grain in alcohol, whether it's a, a spirit like vodka or beer or something like that. I think wine is gluten-free. It doesn't have grain in it, but I'm not sure. But he said no. Anyway, he said no alcohol for that time. No coffee, no alcohol for eight weeks. Fucking hell. Yeah, I know. Um, he also gave me these uh, these supplements, which I had to get from a chemist just around the corner. The chemist was like an old style apothecary, and uh, he made the um, made it up for me on the spot, pounding this stuff together. It was fucking revolting. Now this was in Perth, in Western Australia, and I flew back to Cairns, where I had to follow it there. Now, oh, the last thing we spoke about was my lifestyle, how much stress I had. 
And he said that the vegetarianism, being a vegetarian initially caused this problem, but my stress levels that I'd had, and I'd just, I'd just gone through a very stressful overseas work trip to Canada, my first overseas work trip, where everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, and this uh, ulcerative colitis irritable bowel problem manifested itself or came about about halfway through that trip. Uh, I was very, very stressed out. Everything was going wrong in, in professional life, personal life, the whole trip, financially. It was just a complete cluster. They said, you've got to reduce your stress levels. Now, I'd been big into meditation, and so we started speaking about that. So I took up meditation again. Not a meditation to have out-of-body experiences, but to actually calm myself, reduce my stress levels. I'd had the symptoms. By the time I'd spoken to him, I'd had the symptoms of this stuff for about six months. So bleeding from the bowels, uh, all that sort of thing. Really just really nasty, nasty stuff. Not good at all. Um, changing my diet, so not being vegetarian anymore. I tell you what, that first steak, I was a veg- I'd been a vegetarian for two years, that first steak tasted so fucking good, I can't even begin to explain it. Changing my diet, uh, going on the gluten-free diet, which was only for the period of you know the six to eight weeks, um, stopping all of the irritants such as coffee and that sort of thing, and reducing my stress levels. Um, four weeks it took, and I had a normal bowel movement. I can't even begin to tell you how great having a, a healthy bowel movement felt. That moment where I realised that I had done it. In a month, I'd beaten the disease. It was it was it was extraordinary, and it's because I didn't listen to the doctors initially. I wasn't happy with what the first doctor said to me. I wasn't happy with what the second doctor said to me. I wasn't happy with what the third doctor said to me. They were saying the same shit. I still wasn't happy about it. I thought, nah, nah, nah. This can't be. My life can't be. At 27, or I think it was 27 or 28, I can't, not even now, I think it was 26. I can't, just can't be having this thrown in my face at such a young age. There's no way I have to put up with this for the rest of my life. I wasn't happy with, with the colonoscopy. I wasn't happy with the moron doctor who gave me a huge box of drugs. By the way, that big box of drugs stayed at my father's place in, in Perth. And eventually he went back to the hospital and gave it back. And they were exceedingly grateful. I think the, the nurse there said to him that uh, they always worried that that sort of stuff got out on the streets. I don't know what the street value, but it was a big box, a big box of steroids. I haven't had any problems since. One thing I learned was was to look after myself. You're always going to have periods of life where you have your stress levels go up and down and your stress levels go up, especially if you're actually do, doing something with your life. But it's how you manage it. It's how you face up to issues and don't avoid them and that sort of thing. So the moron factor is really, really important in life. Most people are morons. You want to go find a lawyer? You want to find a doctor? You want to find an accountant? God, I want to tell you the amount of account- accountants I went through in Italy before I found one that was reasonably competent. Morons. Morons. Think of all the people that you work with and how many are morons. And then, well, take that with the other another workplace that you walk into as a client. What are your chances of getting uh, someone who's not a moron? I think of some of the rafting guides, the river guides I used to work with. There were some exceptional river guides. Some of my best friends in the world are river guides. Uh, wonderful skills. But my God, did we work with some morons. Yeah, you, just, you just look what the customer got with a certain, the customers ended up with a certain guide purely by, by chance. Unless you were a very, very good looking young woman, then the, you, you did a very high chance, of, extremely high chance of being with a competent guide for your rafting trip. So if you're worried, if you want to go on a rafting trip, but you're worried about getting a guide as a moron, uh, go with a very, very hot young lady in your party. Uh, just be prepared that she's going to end up with the guide that night. That's kind of what happens. Um, what else did I say to this guy? Basically, the email back to this chap who emailed me 
Um, what I wrote is basically what I've said to you now. Your health is your responsibility. How, how else could it not be? Who else is supposed to take responsibility for your health? But this is the problem we have. We give the responsibility of our health to a doctor, general, a, general, a GP. We give the responsibility. We, we just do what he says. We don't go and find out stuff for ourselves. We give the responsibility for our... Whenever I hear about, oh, an accountant ran off with all my money. What? The accountant ran off with all your money. Why did he have... How is that... The responsibility for your money and your finances is your responsibility. You get an accountant to help you out. Your responsibility for your legal affairs is your responsibility. First of all, don't get yourself in a position where you might need a lawyer. And if you do, get a really good one. And if you do, keep an eye on him. Make sure he's doing the best possible job he can for you. The responsibility for but what my wife and I are buying a house right now. Our the responsibility for us buying a house, for us getting the best deal, is not with not with the person we've got advising us over here in Holland of the finance and rah, rah, rah and we've got another person. These are good people we've got advising. But at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to purchase this house. Your biggest responsibility, one of the biggest responsibilities in your life, if not the biggest, is is to your own health. If you don't have the vehicle that working properly that gets you through the life so you can have these experiences and and learn and grow as a person then you're kind of restricting yourself and it's it's high it's the height of moron mentality and irresponsible behavior to take no interest at all in how your body's functioning what you put into your body on a daily basis and the fact that if, if, you, if you can't cook, what does that say? What does that say about you? If you can't cook, it means that you don't really care what goes in. You'll just, you'll just put anything in. Oh, it tastes good. That's nice. It tastes bad. Oh, yeah, I'll just have a, a microwave dinner tonight. Oh, I haven't got time. Oh, you haven't got time. You haven't got time. You haven't got time to just... I can, I can, I can... You walk into my house and we have people rock up and suddenly, oh, do you want to stay for dinner? I've got four extra people. Half an hour or something really nice from. It's not that hard once you work some basic stuff out. If you want, need to cook a meal, but there's nothing in the thing because you have to go down to the shop. If this is the day before you do a weekly shop, I might give you an out. Otherwise, no. Cooking is... The ability to cook, the ability to cook well, and I'm not just saying that because I can cook well. It took me, look, I'm a better cook now than I was a year ago. And I'm pretty sure that next year I'll be a better cook than I am now. I'm always picking up techniques. I'm always learning things. If I go to a restaurant and I have some, eat something that's really, really done in a certain way and I, I don't know, I'll ask if I can speak to the chef. And not at 8 p.m. in the middle of the rush service. 10.30, blah, blah, blah. Can I send the uh, chef, what's the chef like, drink the finest scotch whiskey? Yep, send him a glass. Do you mind have a quick chat? Blah, blah, blah. They come out every single time. You just have to know about it. How'd you do this? Blah, blah, blah. Bit of interest in life, a bit of curiosity. I mean, it's the same thing like people smoking cigars who don't, who don't know how to smoke cigars and then say they hate cigars. Oh, oh, fucking I hate it. It's all bitter. Of course, it's going to be bitter if you don't light it properly. Oh, how do I find that? There's the fucking internet now. YouTube, how to light a cigar. Uh, Aaron Clary did one last year. It's great. 20-minute video on the proper way to light a cigar. And yeah, it takes you a good... To light a cigar decently, You don't. it takes a good five minutes... Oh, five minutes. Oh, my God, five minutes. I just want to be able to... Okay. So you're the type of person that when you go to a doctor, you just want that pill, don't you? You haven't looked after yourself for your entire life. You now have an issue. Oh, well, shit. Just, can I just have a pill, mate? Yeah, come on. And if it doesn't work, what do you do? Sue the doctor? I think we get the system that we deserve. And I think the, the state of Western medicine now, particularly in Anglo-Saxon countries, is a reflection of the state of society in wider form. We have now the medical system that we merit. 
based on the average person's behavior. And we remember that most people are morons. The modern man is moderate also means the modern man takes responsibility for his own actions. If you think about all the meals that you ingest, all the alcohol that you drink, all the coffee that you drink, all that sort of thing, in 10 years, no, one year, one year, okay, so 365 days, two major meals a day, let's say you're not even snacking between meals, let's say you're doing what I'm saying, good diet, maybe a Mediterranean diet, something like that, eating well, blah, 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 some glasses of wine, a couple of glasses of wine every night, you know, let's say, let's say three bottles of wine a week, something like that, a few beers, blah, 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 all the food, no snacking, no junk food, no sweets or anything like that, and then take all of the stuff that you consumed that year and um, pile all of it in your backyard. Everything you consumed, all the milk, all the cheese, all the butter, all the dairy, all the meat, all the fish, all the vegetables, all the legumes, all the bread, all the rice, all the pasta, all the olive oil, all the beans, all the wine, all the beer, all the cigars, everything. Make a big pile one year in your backyard. Your body broke all of that down. Now do it, times that by 10, for 10 years, your body broke all of that down. How big's the pile looking now? Pretty big, your body had to break all of that down. If your body fucks it up at one point, something goes a little bit wrong, that's when you get the chance of a problem happening. Cancer or something like that. Let's take it for another 10 years, 20 years now, two decades, let's say your 20s and your 30s. Everything that your body has had to break down in all of that time. What about when you were a teenager? How, um, how healthy were you as a teenager? How, <laughs> how much shit did you consume as a teenager? Add that to the mix. Sounding pretty horrific now, isn't it? Your body has broken all of that down. Now, let's take a person who eats microwave TV dinners who doesn't just have like a small breakfast, a good sized lunch, and then a, a moderate dinner, but who snacks all day, every day, stuffing their faces with, with crisps and chips and Pringles and what have you. And let's pile 30 years of that in the backyard and see what it looks like. And see what your body has had to break down. And we wonder why diabetes is through the roof, which, which didn't exist 40 years ago, basically just didn't exist. Isn't that amazing? 40 years ago, the government started interfering and telling people what to eat. 40 years later, later type 2 diabetes is rampant. Obesity is through the roof. But you still need to take personal responsibility. You can't be like blaming the government. Because I know plenty of people look after themselves. Eat well. Moderate. Balanced. Exercise. Go to the gym. Lift weights. Not trying to live forever. Not trying to hold on to glories of youth. Just wanting to be solid. Wanting to be able to fight off something if it hits you and you get get, uh, the short end of the stick. You shouldn't need to go to a doctor, people shouldn't need to go to a doctor. You should stay away from them. Dentists, you need to go to a dentist every six months, okay? You need to go to a dentist. Doctors, stay the fuck away. Stay the fuck away. Learn to cook. Eat well. Be moderate. Enjoy a drink. Don't exaggerate. Exercise. Go to the gym. Keep your stress levels to a manageable level, even though we're all gonna, always going to have days that are off the charts with craziness. Keep everything as smooth as you can do it. Enjoy life. Get out. Have hobbies. Have interests. Don't just be working your ass off for the man 10 hours a day trying to get ahead because you want that big promotion. 
This is, this is how you live a life. I think the ability to cook is crucial to be able to do this. It really is. Or you marry someone, which means you commit to them for life. Not today's idea of marriage, which is kind of like, oh, you know, we'll see if it goes, doesn't go, well, we'll get a divorce. Sickness and health, good times and bad. Remember that sort of thing? Yeah, richer or poorer. Yeah. There was a real wisdom in that, that little passage that you're supposed to, in the old days, you know, you had to, the priest said when he got married. I meant you're stuck with it. So if you can't cook, for God's sake, marry someone who does. Know how to cook well. Even that, I think, is still... You've got to take an interest, people. You've got to take an interest in these sort of things. If you're listening to this now and you don't know how to cook, well, cooking needs to become your new interest. Get interested. Start learning. There's so much, there's so much information out there now that I think universities are actually superfluous for most things. The vast majority of courses you can learn an hour on the internet each day, a bit of dedication, and a reasonable level of interest, of wanting to seek out, of you know, being curious, having some imagination. You can easily cook. You can easily learn how to cook. And you start simple. You're not going to go out and, and want to some sort of quarter and blur French bloody blah, 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 or I need to learn how to roll sushi or something like that. Can you cook a steak? And can you make some vegetables on the plate so that people take as much pleasure in eating the vegetables next to the steak as they do eating the steak? That's a really good starting point. Really good starting point. Doctors, stay away from them. Unless you get hit with a short end of the stick and then you get off your ass and you find a good one. You find one that's not a moron. What percentage of doctors are morons? Exactly the same as the rest of the population. 95% morons. Once again, if you are immediately convinced without any introspection or thought that you are not a moron, chances are you're a moron. Mind you, there's a little ditty I remember back from my teenage years. How happy is the moron? He doesn't give a damn. I wish I were a moron. My God, perhaps I am. Shoutouts, Captain Capitalism, Aaron Clary, captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Still on Google, Aaron. Um, if you're here and listening to this podcast and the sound is, is sounding better than it has for the last few um, episodes, you can thank Aaron. He gave me a tip about reinstalling the driver for the microphone that I'm using because he has the same mic and apparently it's an issue with it. So I've done that a few times just to make sure. I even plugged it into a separate, not its usual port on the USB port. I did a different one on the, on the computer played around with it a little bit. So hopefully this is sounding good. Uh, Aaron was very kind, kind to help me out there. Um, you can go to his site um, and and he's got a bunch of books. Economics mostly. Cappy had a great post uh, in the last week or so on, hang on. What? Why does my browser freeze when it's opening? Cappy's site. Oh God! All right, hang on a sec. Uh, he's got a bunch of books. Um, um, economics, how to live your life as a man, that sort of thing. Um, just. He also has Arsehole Consultancy, where he, you ask a question, he'll answer it for you. He's a big supporter of me and my blog. Uh, November 9th, 
so that's a couple of weeks ago, why profit is necessary. Maybe I've, I've mentioned this before. It's just a great article. It really is. Uh, it's also got a podcast on it of, uh, of why pro- profit is necessary for a business. Profit's not bad, people. Profit is good. Because if you open a business, do you want to work every day for free? So it's just it's all even, Stevens. Yeah, you can't reinvest money in the business, you know, make it better, grow it, that sort of thing. These people, of course, who, who think profit is bad have never had skin in the game. Because if you've had skin in the game, if you've actually had a business and you know how tough it is and you know how emotional and, and stressful it is, well, then you'd never walk around saying profit is a bad thing. Profit is a good thing. Profit has got... You, do you have an iPhone? Do you have a, do you have a house that's well insulated and uh, it's got, you know, double glass windows and, you know, you've got several bedrooms and that sort of thing? This is fucking luxury compared to what people had 70 years ago. You have, a, you have a full flat screen TV and a car, two cars. This is all from profits, people. This is all from profits. That's why these companies were able to do this. Check out Captain Capitalism. Check out Cappy's blog. Check out his podcast as well. He has two podcasts a week. A One where he swears occasionally, like I do, and one where he's a very, very, very prim and proper, proper man. Um, this has been the health episode. Um... And going forward with the podcast, I'm going away from the political stuff. I've just had enough. It's always the same. We know what it is. I'm just saying the same things over and over again. So from now on, uh, I'm going to um, be doing episodes like this. I did the strength episode previously. Uh, and it's going to be the whole podcast. It's not going to be like a, like a third of it or something like that. It's going to be the whole thing. I'm actually thinking of going through my 28 traits of the modern man and doing a podcast on um, on a whole bunch of those. I don't think all of them will transfer as podcasts but i think a lot of them will uh, so we'll say that this one has been the modern man is moderate yeah because this is what this is about this is your health you're moderate because of your health because of your lifestyle because because of the way that you live your life and that's why it was number one um if you like this and you thought the idea of my of reading my book sound interesting pushing rubber downhill is my first book a journey to manhood via whitewater adventures this is where i relate well, the story of what I've been talking about today in great detail with all the dialogue and the conversations and it's really, you know, fun and interesting. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on Book Depository. If you're in Australia, Book Depository is much better than Amazon. Um, you can you can get a paperback version down at your local bookstore. Just walk in and give them the title and my name and they'll be able to order it in for you very, very easily. Normally it takes about five days for a bookstore, I've heard. It's on Kindle. It's on audio, read by Davis already. And my second book, Run Guts, Pull Cones, A Rafting Adventure in the Italian Alps. Uh, that's basically about, you know, working with men in a, in, a, in a foreign environment and also about Italy, of course, because Italy is where I learned how to cook. I'd always had an interest in cooking before I went to Italy, but Italy's where I really, really learned how to cook. Uh, and we got a lot of it, a lot of it, little just anecdotes in that book, which is always really interesting. Check out my blog, pushingrubberdownhill.com, if you... Uh, like this podcast please subscribe i'm up to i have to come up to like a hundred and i crossed a hundred a couple of weeks ago now i'm up to 117 followers so it's getting up there bit by bit step by step these things take time and on the blog we're past 200 210 211 there we go oh i'm counted in that because i like to see that my updates have come through on my email so 210 um thanks for listening Um, and uh, you guys have a good week.